All right, everyone. It is Monday, October 25th, 8.15 p.m. here on the East Coast. 14 years to the day since the Matt Ryan game. Thank you, HTC. Thank you, HTC Network, for just putting that on the timeline or just popping up here. Welcome back to the Sons of Saturday podcast. Uh, My name is Pat Finn. We're hanging out here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We got Grayson Wimbish out there in L.A. County, L.A., Los Angeles, California. And then we got Billy Ray back in San Diego. Can I, can I say something? I need I, this is where I need you to you two. I love you guys. You guys are going to be friends for life. I consider you guys family for the next three podcasts. You cannot. Uh, this podcast cannot start with Billy Ray is in anywhere other than San Diego. My traveling is done for a, a long time. It's been Charlotte. It's been Boston. It's been New York. It's been New Jersey. It's been Blacksburg. Enough. Enough. I'm going to stay here for a significant amount of time. So you guys will know where I'll be. When you say a significant amount of time, is that like three weeks? Yeah, I've, at least at least 21 <laughs> days. I think that I think that uh, I think that'll suffice. And where to next after that? I don't know, man. It'll probably be a last minute flight booking when we'll figure it out there. But I need I need to not do anything. Drink drink water and um, and uh, sip tea for for some time it's been too much too many miles on the bill dog gotta we gotta settle down too many miles all right well we're gonna talk about this game against syracuse over the next hour or whatever uh how many hours we chew off the clock here we got to talk about the main street pharmacy though before we jump into it main street pharmacy dr Blair, dr laramie jounce jeremy counts dr lord jeremy counts is the go-to guy on main street in blacksburg at the main street pharmacy the best pharmacist in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I'm sorry if you're a pharmacist and you listen to the Sons of Saturday. Have you met Jeremy? I mean, have you seen a better pharmacist? I don't know. I don't know if I have. Cares about the community, cares about the Hokies and Virginia Tech athletics more than your average pharmacist. And you walk in there, I'll greet you with a smile. I'll treat you like a number. Excuse me. I'll treat you like a neighbor, not a number. You get it confused because that's the status quo. That's how normally you're treated. So it's a little bit of a surprise. People are taken off, uh, taken off kilter when they're treated so well. People aren't used to it. So I can totally understand the uh, the mismatch there. Six hokey haikus on deck. Grayson, kick it off. Wait, can I say one thing before we get into Virginia Tech stuff? You sure. said six, and it and it triggered me. Can we just shout out? Iowa and Penn State, or I'm sorry, Illinois and Penn State for going into nine overtimes. I mean, we recorded a three and a half hour podcast after the UNC Virginia Tech extravaganza, and it was three and a half hours. How long would it be after a in nine overtimes? How long would that <laughs> podcast be? Probably five nine, hours. Nine times. Nine, nine overtimes. Five I hope those guys are in the ice tub and uh, just relax and relax and because they absolutely deserve it. And that was if a really I'm, low scoring game too. Dude, like, 18 to 20. What? If I'm, if I'm losing a college football game, 18 to 20 in nine overtimes, I don't think I ever want to put my cleats on ever again. I no, mean, never, ever. especially to, especially to Illinois. So, so sorry, James Franklin, Sorry, Have fun in Los State. Angeles. We'll see you out here real soon, James Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> the Nittany no, Lions seeing, don't want ha- to have that I'm, conversation yet. I'm seeing that uh, Jeff Fisher is going to be hired. I don't know if that's a joke or not. but I've Jeff seen, Jeff Fisher, I've seen Mike Tomlin 
on the timeline. I Someone tweeted that today. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, whatever. Well, at least, thank God Twitter is a source of truth. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, that's that's good. Mike yeah. Tomlin and Jeff Fisher, unbelievable. Yep. Jeffy. Let's get into these Hokie haikus. First one comes from our guy, Grady Baker. And I quote, changes are coming. Support the players right now. Popcorn time starts soon. Great submission, Grady. Speaking of popcorn time starting soon, we'll do this ad at the beginning. Um, we are doing a car wash for Virginia Tech basketball. That is coming up this Friday. Uh, we're going to get on and chop it up with the basketball team. And we have a great starting lineup. We will be interviewing Keve Aluma. Not sure if you heard of him. He's pretty good at basketball. Stern Murphy. He's a newcomer. Pretty good at basketball. We'll also be interviewing Justin Mutz, Naheem Aline, and David Ngasan. So check that out. Another car wash, another season, another car wash. So uh, get excited for that. I'm fired up. I can't wait to talk to these guys. Um, really excited. Next haiku is from Robert Irby. Wow, I just snuck that ad in like a natural. That was unbelievable. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Um, it's like you've done this before, Bill. It's like I've done it before. Robert Irby. Hokey fans, this sucks. Spare me from this misery. Mike Young, we need you. Adam Roth scored 21 points, so I bought Pat a sandwich. Basketball is soon. What's the backstory? What's the backstory? Uh, You know, going at it with Adam Roth on Twitter last week. I don't even know what, uh, where it came from, but Oh, it was, I was talking about the wave. I said Syracuse was doing the wave in a seven point game against Clemson in a critical possession in the fourth quarter. And I said, if we ever do that, we better be up 21 points with the ball against Syracuse. And Adam says, well, we're not going to score 21 points. If we do, I'll buy you a sandwich. And then we scored like 36 points. So uh, on Sunday morning, Adam wrote Venmo me $15. And I went to Jersey Mike's because everywhere else in Blacksburg was packed, went to our daily bread went to lefties lines out the door. So we went into Jersey Mike's at 10 AM and got some chicken bacon ranch number. I think it was the number 26. Fantastic. Thank you, Adam Roth. Well, here's the million dollar question. Did you have to follow up and get, and, and, and say where my money at, or did it, did it just hit the account? I, I looked at my phone and I, and I just saw a notification come in. I said, Adam Roth, man, of, about a man of his word, a man of his word, hashtag handshake emoji. So thank you, Adam. Chris Givens, a storm is brewing. Can't wait for November 9th. Cold drinks are needed. (laughs) Cold drinks are absolutely needed. Uh, Mal, a lot of participation here. I think we got two left. Travis Dye, hope just about gone. We've never lost a tailgate. Party on, Hokies. That's, That's the motto, Travis. The last one comes from Karsten. 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 That game was a deuce. I hope the worst is behind. Just win some games, please. Karsten. Karsten, I'm going to pick on you for just a second, Karsten. Wish I saw you at a game this year. Saw, saw your oh. brother this past weekend. Uh, you know I love you, but had you know had to had to throw a little jab. But we also need to roll this jab into a hilarious shout out to Karsten, because Karsten came up with this fantastic idea for a birthday gift for Grayson last week. <laughs> October twentieth is GWM's birthday, and Karsten texted uh, me and Billy last week and said, "Hey, I have a great gift idea for for Grayson." So Grayson, tell us what happened. So uh, Pat and Billy Ray texted me. 
in the Sons of Saturday group chat, and they're like, hey, Grayson, uh, there's a little surprise waiting for you. You know, we, we want you to record your reaction to this. And it was a video. And so I, I, I watched this video back, and I see the uh, cameo watermark on it. And I'm like, oh, man, what's this going to be? And sure enough, it's a video from Coach <laughs> Seth Greenberg <laughs> wishing me happy birthday. And for those of you who don't know, a little backstory here. Uh, Coach Seth Greenberg has me blocked on Twitter from a little exchange that we had in the past. I chirped him about not recruiting Seth Curry or offer him offering him a scholarship before we know Seth or Steph Curry, excuse me, Steph Curry was going to be Steph Curry. Uh, he didn't like that too much, so he blocked me. So to be uh, surprised on my birthday with a cameo from Carson DeWolf, Pat Finn, and Billy Ray Mitchell. I, I was uh, I was very tickled at that. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Can we just uh, say so what Car- a great sport he is? I mean, he, oh, yeah. he and he ran with it. He was awesome. Oh yeah, and I, I don't think he knows uh, that that I'm the one uh, that he blocked on Twitter. It's probably a good thing he doesn't know that or isn't <laughs> cognizant of that. But that I, anyone who wants to see that, text me. I'll send you the video of my reaction to that because <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um. I'd say the only other thing is this has been one of our longer openers and I think I know why this wasn't planned. I'm just kind of reacting off of how long we've been opening. I am so upset with this football season. I am so upset with the way this has been going and I know there's nothing we can do about it and we have to talk about it. So I appreciate you guys kind of bearing with our long opening. Um, but let's talk about this Syracuse game, um, which yet again ripped our beating hearts out of our chests, a la uh, Indiana Jones and whatever episode that is. I forget which one, but um, that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel great. That's, uh, that's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, actually, no. That's uh, it's not it's the one not. with the kid, the little little uh, Asian kid, and then short uh, round, Ponto, <laughs> yeah. or yeah, just short round, short yeah. round. <laughs> um, and uh, he rips, he rips, he rips the guy's heart out when it's still beating. I mean, I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't know another team that's lost more heartbreaking games than Virginia Tech has lost in the last couple of weeks. Um, and you know what? I need to be tough and grow up because there are actual kids that need to go into practice after having these losses and actual coaches that need to watch the film after this practice, after these games, I'm just really bummed out. I'm really, really bummed out. Um, so uh, go ahead, Pat. What is our, what is our next segment as we dive into this Syracuse Virginia tech matchup? Where did we watch and where did we tailgate? Well, we'll start it off with the tailgating drove up from Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday Cracked on with my guy, Danny Stein, an Auburn grad, had never been to Virginia Tech. And I said, Danny, why don't you come up? Got an extra ticket. We'll show you a good time. I'm, we're not going to overwhelm you. We're not going to overwhelm you this weekend. We will promise you a good time. I don't know if it's going to be at the tailgate, at the game, or downtown afterwards. But uh, Danny had a great time. Rave reviews from the Auburn grad. He will be back, hopefully, for a uh, for a big-time recruiting weekend. Uh Tailgate at the German club. Shout out to Team Tate. Team Tate pig picking. Uh, tailgate they put on every year for brain tumor research. Uh, that was awesome. I actually didn't have any of the, the food. Billy, was the food good up there? 
I enjoyed it. Um, the people were extremely, extremely nice. I really uh, enjoyed interacting with everybody for a great for a great cause as well. Um, German club, everybody's nice. Everybody's always in a good mood. Um, but yeah, I had me some some pulled pork, some baked beans, coleslaw. Also, if you guys are out on coleslaw, literally grow up. I hate when people try to tell me that coleslaw is not good. Coleslaw slaps. So if you don't like coleslaw. <laughs> Then I I might have to re, uh, to re rebuke your American card because coleslaw is fantastic. So uh, so the tailgate was good. Didn't have any of the of the barbecue, but did buy some raffle tickets. Did not win the raffle. Um, headed on in section five. We won again. We always win in section five. Win or loss on the field. Had so much fun in section five. Billy's giving me a funny look. I don't know why he's doing that. No, I'm but, just uh, around. Um, I loved it. Section five <laughs> was great. Uh, we didn't have the usual suspects, but the baseball team came on over. Uh, we had the baseball guys in town, Packy Knott and Joe Friday, the whole gang. They were all down. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, had a fun time. I saw Kathleen made an appearance in section five. I mean, we have actual students taking actual courses that are coming down and saying, yo, I'll, I'll stop by North end zones overrated. I'll come hang out in section five. So, um, love it. It was good. And then the other thing I'll say too, is the crowd was great. I, I was really impressed with how many people showed up to the game. Um, I was expecting not a great crowd and, um, the crowd showed up and was loud and was, was solid. Um, so I, I want to definitely note that G nine 30 wake up for you. Where'd you not- watch? <laughs> 9.30 wake up, I probably rolled out of bed at 9.28 a.m. Quickly, th- quickly threw on my throwback Michael Vick jersey, my hat, and did not put on pants. I watched this game in a backwards hat, my Michael Vick jersey, and my boxers, and with a cup of coffee, and it was great. Uh, it, I watched it in my room, actually. I did not go to O'Brien's with the usual suspects. And I honestly got to say, it was probably the most comfortable I've ever been watching a Virginia Tech football game uh, in terms of like, you know, sitting down. Definitely not, you know, nerves or anything like that. I I was not comfortable in in that capacity. But anyway, moving right along, guys, let's get into uh, to the likes and dislikes of this bad boy. Um, We can start this thing on offense. Um, I'll open up the floor. Yes, I'll kick things off with the offense. One thing to note about the offense week over week is that Coach Fuente was actually on the first team offense this past week in practice. He typically is running the scout team offense, which goes against the first team defense. Uh, So thought that was interesting as far as just getting the guys up because the guys got up. Um, The running game was something that we have not seen since Khalil Herbert was lining up in the backfield last year for Virginia Tech. Um, and that was – the offensive line played terrific in the run game. They were opening up holes all day for a new hero in Blacksburg, number 24, Malachi Build Thomas. Build it. Build, Build the statue. <laughs> after the game, I said, when, are, where and when are we putting up the statue of Malachi Thomas after that game? 151 yards, three touchdowns on 21 carries. Uh, he's a true freshman. He was going to prom, you know, six months ago from Georgia. I love saying that. I love saying that. <laughs> and I remember watching his film, and I knew that he was one of the talented guys out of the 2021 class, um, but I didn't think he'd be, you know, the guy. We, I didn't think just in this running back room we would have, you know, the true freshman getting the most carries, but here we are. And finally, it was unlocked. Um 7.2 yards per carry for Malachi Thomas and really just 
without him, without that spark, I talked about how we needed some type of spark last week on, I think, or I think it was on the Syracuse preview, you know, last year there was no spark aside from Khalil Herbert. The year before the change that was made mid season was moving from Ryan Willis to Hendon hooker. And that provided a spark and was Malachi Thomas going to be that spark, you know, to kind of turn the season around. And obviously, you know, we had the spark, but in losing fashion, but he was terrific. And you love to see a guy like that. Raheem Blackshear was also terrific this game um, in the run game specifically. 10 carries, 78 yards, a few big runs, including a long of 38 yards. And he averaged 7.8 yards per carry. So between Thomas and Blackshear, you know, grounding it out around seven and a half yards per carry is pretty spectacular and something that we have not seen all year. Uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with Fuente being on the first team offense and the team can only get up. The first team guys can only get up for when Fuente's running the office in practice. I have no idea, but the running game was beautiful on Saturday. Yeah. I'm just going to double down on that. I mean, I think the offensive line from a running perspective um, had their best game. Uh, I think Malachi Thomas, something that's really underrated in a, uh, in a zone scheme is patience. Uh, a lot of times if you see a back, bounce it outside or just kind of muddy it up in the middle um, that is not showing patience or having good vision. Uh, Cause with zone, you have to stick to your spot. Um, and he did a really good job. He showed patience. He showed breakaway speed um, and uh, had some grain breaking plays. I mean, I think, you know, I, I can't remember the last time we had more than a, you know, a, most of our explosive plays seem to be screw, screw screens or, you know, um, you know, some sort of, you know, sideways stuff, but to see somebody break through the first and second level of the defense and be one-on-one with the safety was really refreshing. Um, so Malachi Thomas, come on down, excited to see how you continue to grow and continue to evolve. Um, and uh, what a pleasant surprise and a silver lining um, from the other day. Uh, to, to triple down on that Malachi Thomas, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that's, I mean, what, Pat? He's got to be the most exciting true freshman running back since, what, Ryan Williams? But then again, I think the thing that makes – Ryan Williams redshirted. uh, That's true. That's true. Tech player ever uh, since they've been tracking the statistic to rush for three touchdowns as a true freshman ever. See, see, that's like – I mean, so maybe the most exciting true freshman since Kendall Fuller? Maybe that's more more realistic. It is game the, six. I have to see it for a couple more weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But also, it's a bit of an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Pat, you alluded to this. Uh, no disrespect to Malachi Thomas. I don't think anyone expected this. Like, sure, you you talked about his film. I didn't. I never watched the, the, the film. I'm going to be completely honest. When I saw him out there, uh, even against Pittsburgh, I'm like, who is that? Who's number 24? Why is Who is this? Why is he on the field? No offense, dude. You just made all of Hokie Nation a believer on Saturday. So I'm never going to ask that question ever again. I can't wait to see what you do for the rest of the season. I'm really, really excited uh, for you. Uh, You wore those throwback uniforms with pride. Made me very proud. Uh, Also really loved the very, very brief incorporation of a tight end into our offensive game plan. Shout out to Drake Deulis for his first Virginia Tech touchdown. Thought that was awesome. Beautifully executed play. One, I'd love to see us run more. Uh, and for the record, just because Jimmy Mitchell is hurt, uh, that doesn't mean we don't have tight ends. Drake Deulis and Nick Gallo are very much uh, available. I'm just saying. Also, I'm I'm curious. I'm always curious about this. Because the first drive was scripted 
uh, that play um, was that kind of an anomaly. Why have we not seen that more this season? Bill, I'm curious, do you have any insight on that front? Yeah, so I think, you know, I I, want to answer Diablo's question from last week, Diablo Fan Account's question, and I'll loop it into yours. I think that a reason we haven't seen as much involvement with tight ends and running backs this season in the passing game has been, quite honestly, due to the lack of consistency we've seen from the offensive line um, in pass protection. We're constantly having to dedicate a running back or a tight end or two in the blocking scheme to be able to continue to give Braxton some time to throw the football. Uh, We haven't been able to do that. And um, we've had to dedicate those guys to stay in and block as far as using the play itself and being able to take advantage of that specific uh, look when plays are scripted, you're usually seeing the tech coaches will go in and look at, okay, what kind of defense is the Syracuse running? Are they running cover two? Are they in cover three? Are they usually man to man? Um, And based upon that, we take advantage of that look and try to put a mismatch in and take advantage of it. So I don't think that that play was necessarily something that, you know, against Notre Dame or against West Virginia, against some of these other teams, we said, Oh, we're not going to use it here. We'll save it. It was more so saying, okay, this is a look that we can exploit. Let's use it against Syracuse. And it works perfectly. So, um, so that would be what I'd say to that. I think that makes sense. Um, Yeah. Love that play. Absolutely. Love it. Very well executed. Shout out Drake for that first CD. Uh, we're going to talk about likes on the defense. Me personally, I really didn't, no offense to them, man. I, I didn't really like the way the defense played at all. Uh, that this was not their best day out. Uh, a lot of missed tackles. We'll talk about that in dislikes. We'll, we'll just move on. Does anyone have anything here? Anything to add for what you liked on the defense? Um, there wasn't a whole lot to like. Uh, I think we played a ton of different guys. I saw DJ Harvey was getting snaps. Um, I saw that, you know, Jermaine Waller was out for a large portion of the game and we had to have guys step in. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I just have to tip my cap. We'll get to this in dislikes. I have to tip my cap to Syracuse and uh, ASAC Schrader uh, for just absolutely balling out. They did a great job. They coached the guys up and um, – for a team that we thought was going to be mostly one dimensional, uh, they crushed us on multiple sides, uh, on, on, in multiple ways. So I know that's not a, a like for the defense, but I'll turn our like to the defense into a dislike. Special teams, special teams, the best unit at Virginia tech in 2021. Uh, I think undoubtedly at this point, uh, John Parker Romo was clutch. In his two field goal attempts, uh, he made both of them, 43 and 33 yards. John Parker Romo has actually made his last five field goals since missing the uh, the chip shot at West Virginia. Uh, he's six of eight on the year. He started one of three. He's made the last five. And his long field goals this year are of 48, 48, and 52. Shout out to John Parker Romo for making it happen after yes. after – all of us really had had significantly uh, had Big significant concerns. doubts about him. Yeah, some serious concerns. He's really turned it around. Um, so, want to, as Billy would say, tip my cap to JPR. Uh, keep it in the specialist room. Peter Moore, four punts for 198 yards, along of 57. He averaged 49.5 yards per punt in this contest. Remember, this guy is also a true true freshman. True freshman, or he might no, he's a redshirt freshman. But he pinned him at the two-yard line. 
you know, they went down and scored, but Peter Moore did his job. It does not get better than that. Shout out to Calvert Hall's finest, the pride of Maryland, Peter Moore. Uh, Dorian Strong with the two-point conversion return, that was pretty electric. I believe it was Jamari Connor who, who blocked the extra point. Did you guys see if it was Chamari? Did they say that on the broadcast? I believe recently? it was. Chamari Connor got skinny and jumped through uh jumped through a gap and made a play. I mean, that was that was so fun to watch. Pat, I mean, I think in the middle of it happening, I think after it happened, you immediately turned to me and like, Bill, can you explain this to Kathleen? And I <laughs> I broke it down as no, not a touchdown, two points. We blocked it. They don't get the extra point. But I was so fired up because I had a weird score prediction because I'm like, man, I can see like a safety happening or there's something weird, and and that kind of threw that into the loop. But uh, man, that was uh, that was awesome. That was definitely one of the highlights of the day. And Frank Beamer was in the house. So how poetic is that? For sure, I, I would mention. I would love. Yeah, I would love to know our record in games where we score points on special teams that are kind of like unorthodox points like that. Um, yeah, that was exciting. I think the f- whole like first three quarters of the game, every single time we would do something unique like that like run the football or make a play in some way shape or form i would i was wearing my throwback thick jersey too and i was like holding it up and i was like let's go it's it's the jerseys special teams points are exciting in lane stadium the last thing i want to talk about uh, what we liked from special teams tavion robinson again fantastic on the punt return unit he had a 40 yard punt return late in the game uh in the third quarter he is just fantastic with the ball in his hands he is so much fun to watch and he is so dangerous with the football. But that's it for the likes, guys. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the dislikes. I guess I'll kick it off here on offense. Braxton Burmeister did not have a great day through the air. Um, Ten of twenty through the air on Saturday. He started out five of five. The offense was clicking. You know those first two drives of the game, and finished five of his last fifteen. Um, so clearly in the second half when we were airing it out, uh, he was having significant issues, missing targets. What I thought was interesting was the, uh, do you guys remember that one possession where it was like a third and eight, we picked up four and then we went for it on fourth and four. Yes. I thought that was a, a questionable decision by the offensive staff, uh, because we were in field goal range at the time. Um, so much debate over the course of the year as well. Like fourth and, you know, we've been in fourth and one situations where we don't go for it. And, uh, you know, if we can't get a fourth and one, why are we going for it on fourth and four? I know it's a completely different game. I know we had a run threat this game, but that was a, uh, one of the decisions I thought was a little bit of a head scratcher, especially being in field goal range at the time. Um, some other things as far as in the passing game goes, I think Braxton had a great game as far as like, you know, when he escapes the pocket and runs, like he's always going to contribute, you know, 25 to 40 yards on the ground and pick up those first downs. But in the passing game, the fact that we have talented guys like Tavion and Raheem Blackshear and Trey Turner, and we had those three combined for six catches in 99 yards is, you know, just utterly unacceptable. Um, yeah, I get it. We only threw the ball 20 times. Malachi really bailed us out in the running game, but talented guys like Trey Turner and Raheem and Tavion need the ball in their hands. You see what Trey Turner does when he, he gets free on a jet sweep. You know, he had a big jet sweep um, gain early in the game 
I'm sorry. In, I think it was in the third quarter as well. And then Tavion's so dangerous when he has the ball in his hands. The fact that we can only get the ball to them six times is just a disaster. Um, any thoughts on that before I move on to my next point? Uh, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Put it simply. Yeah, I think uh, I think we also were sacked in some critical situations on Saturday. We punted the ball four times. Three of those third downs that led to fourth downs ended up in a sack. And one of them was the third and seven on the second to last drive of the game where all we needed was one or two more first downs where we could have iced the game. And we had eight-man protection. Syracuse rushed six, uh, and they were heavy on the weak side. And Braxton was on the right side, and he took a sack. And he had two wide receivers running routes uh, up on the right side. Both of them looking like they were running vertical routes, like going deep. We only needed seven yards. So I saw on Twitter, I know Diablo put this up there, but it really poses the question about our offense and how we throw the ball between the hashes, you know, like a slant pass, you know, something you do in Madden when you need to pick up six yards. And there are stats that back that up. We are 129th among 130 FBS teams in percentage of throws that are between the hashes between one and 19 yards downfield that is per pro football focus. So just kind of a a heartbreak to see us get sacked in those situations, especially if you watch that play over, because why are we even putting those two up on the right side? Why don't we have any options across the middle and just, you know, talking about um, like watching Kenny Pickett's offense example uh, against Pittsburgh, like how frequently they're able to do that. We don't necessarily have the guys who are going to go across the middle, but um, it's just, it's just frustrating to see. I think, you know, it's interesting you say that Pat, Um, the one guy who does seem to have success over the middle is Caleb Smith. Uh, He's, he's had a few catches over the middle. Uh, He had one on Saturday and then he had, I think two against Pittsburgh uh, I'd love to see that more. My gripes on offense, I just – I guess old habits die hard. We love diverting from what's been working right when we find our rhythm and cadence. Uh, I think that's just kind of a tale as old as time with, with Virginia Tech football, and that predates this regime. Let's be crystal clear. I mean, that that goes back to like the – the Stein spring days, I mean, we used to find a rhythm and we would divert. We'd go away from what was working. I love that that first scripted drive. It was awesome. I said that earlier. Um, you know, Malachi Thomas does his thing. He gets that touchdown on the ground. We've scored, we've scored 14 points in the first half. Things are looking great. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, what, what is this offense? Uh, and then we come out in the third and the fourth, and it's like, we go back east and west, and we're not running it. And what? And you know, Burmeister's eating sacks left and right. And you're like, why? Why are we? What? What's? What changed? Why are we doing the things that that aren't working versus the things that were working? Um, so it, it just kind of bodes the question of 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 why. Uh, outside of that, pass protection has got to improve. Uh, I don't know how that's going to happen, but pass protection on on the on the notion that Burmeister is eating sacks, I feel like that's just kind of been the name of the game. Burmeister eats sacks uh, when he drops back to pass, and 
he's got to have more time. If, if we expect him to make plays, he's got to have more time to do so. Um, I also think, to, to wrap this out, a statistic worth noting, Carson DeWolf sent this in. Shout out to you, Carson. Virginia Tech is now 5-19 when our opponent scores first, and we're 36-11 and when we score first. So if an opponent scores first, we have a 20% chance of winning the football game. According by those numbers, that's the case. Uh, so I think that's very interesting. We did score first on Saturday, but this that falls into the 11 category. So I don't know. Um, you know, offense, just a lot of question marks. So Billy Ray, take us home oh. on offensive likes, man. I love your points. I think the biggest you. thing I turned to Pat uh, right after our first drive, right after our first drive coming out of halftime. And I said, why are we not running the ball? And in the moment I didn't really look at the drive chart or, or kind of think about it. I said, Hey, look, we just ran the, we just ran all over their face in the first half. Why, why are we not running the ball? Uh, and the sentiment was true. Um, I hated our first draft coming out of uh, drive coming out of halftime. Um, it's probably my biggest gripe with the offense overall. Um, we rushed for 106 yards in the first half. Uh, Syracuse gets the ball at halftime. They go 75 yards in three minutes to take a one-point lead, and we came out with five straight passes. Um, five straight passes, one completion, and then we punted the ball away. Um, that bothered me. Um, but, you know, the offense was able to get back on schedule. We closed out the second half of the field goal touchdown punt in the end of the game um only touched the ball three more times after that uh after that punt uh not including the kind of desperation mode last drive other than that i'm just really sick and tired of our inability to catch 50 50 balls i'm really sick of our inability to look we can gripe about braxton braxton has limitations i understand that braxton looks banged up uh, if I had to say something about Braxton, he has limitations, but he's also battling his his tail off. Um, but when I watched Syracuse, who has a wide receiver room who I didn't hear about all offseason, I heard all about our, our wide receiver room all offseason. And don't get me wrong, we have talented guys over there, but Syracuse consistently made 50-50 catches. The balls that were in the air, and it's, okay, you're not going to catch this in stride, and you're not going to run for 15 yards. Uh, you're going to get hit right when you get the ball or somebody's going to contest your catch. They came down with the ball. And it seems like week after week after week after week, we do not end up with those footballs. Um, and it sucks because when we're in a position where we aren't going to be able to air the ball out, we don't have a guy who's going to be able to pinpoint, put it on a receiver. We, When we get an opportunity, we have to come down with these footballs, especially if we're not going to develop, we're not going to uh, force huge separation. If we're not going to get huge separation, you got to catch the ball in traffic and we just do not do it. I can call, I can recall one time in the Syracuse game where we made a contested catch and that's where Caleb Smith went over the middle and got crushed and he still caught it. Um, but I really, I mean, Pat and Grayson hold me accountable here. We don't come down 50, 50 balls ever, ever. This was talked about as one of the best receiving cores in the ACC. And again, I understand the limitations of Brax. I get it. I completely understand. But when the ball is put on you or the ball is put in a position for you to come down with it, we have to make plays, period. Other other teams have done it on us, dude. Like, we, 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 we've talked about this offline, but it's it seems like against Pittsburgh last week, 
we weren't winning any of those battles and their receivers were. And then this past game, it's, I mean, they won the game on that. Uh, you know, Dorian strong was on the coverage and he just had the ball kind of wrestled out of his hands and like kind of makes you think like, when are we, we have the talent Trey's talented Tavion's talent. I know those guys can make those plays. So it's kind of like, you know, what's going on. Yeah. It just reminds me of basketball, you know, like uh, we always talk about championship teams. I'm a big Marcus smart guy. Um, but 50, 50 balls, bang, bang plays, you know, in basketball balls on the ground, rolling around, who's laying out and who's getting the ball. We don't win those 50, 50 plays. We just don't, we don't find a way to come down with the ball when it's look, either our guy's going to catch it or he's not. And constantly we saw it, Pat, right in front of section five, you know, running uh, Syracuse running out routes or running, you know, plays Chamari Connor gets there right after the ball, tries to knock it out and they're coming down with it. And that was what the, that was what the difference of the game was. You know, they had their open receivers, they had some plays, but there were multiple third downs or multiple situations where, you know, it's, it's man on man. We got to come down with the football and we never were doing it. And they were constantly doing it. And that's what won the game in a shootout in Blacksburg. Um, it's just, it's a shame that it, that's how it panned out. So onto the defense, dislikes on the defense. One thing to point out, coach Fuente was not on the scout offense this past week that goes up against the uh, first team defense. Billy, what is the significance of that in the grand scheme of things? Cause I know, I know it was pointed out by a couple, uh, a couple of folks in media. I know a couple of folks on the podcast were talking about it as well. Um, you know, it being, it bearing relevance on preparation for Syracuse. Yeah. So spinning over to the defense. Thanks, Pat. Um, I'm going to be honest. I have, I, I really have no clue. Uh, I think it's a combination of of a couple of things. This kid Schrader played out of his mind. Like I want to take nothing away from him. Um, his ability to sense the pocket, his command, uh, his playmaking ability, his impact on the rushing game was incredible. Um, the running back was good, obviously. I think we probably prepared for a one-dimensional offense and got slapped in the face with an offense that was hitting on all cylinders. Their wide receivers made plays. The quarterback played unbelievable. Their pass protection was good. Um, they were able to run the ball. It was really just a shootout. I felt like I was watching like a, a Big 12 football game. Um, and, I mean, I don't – our inability to generate a pass rush is crushing this defense. He can stand back there all day long. And again, we have this pin your ear back mentality. We have talented guys in that defensive line. I do not understand why we can't get sacks, yet alone disrupt the pocket at all. Um, there are no padded down balls. Um, there's no flushing the quarterback out of the pocket. We just have no ability to make any plays in the pass rush game. Yeah, and we saw that in, in the passing game for Syracuse. And then Syracuse just... They ran the ball all day on us. They ran for 314 yards on Saturday. We, I, I put this in quotes, we stopped, quote unquote, stopped Sean Tucker. Uh, he was definitely more effective in the first half, but he still had 20 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. We knew that it was going to be the Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader show, uh, but we just could not stop Garrett Schrader. Five touchdowns, couldn't generate the pass rush. This dude was literally 
a wide receiver last year in the Mississippi State offense. Like Mike Leach said, hey, man, it's not going to work. I know, I know you're a good guy. I know you're from Charlotte, you know, but you're not going to be quarterback here at Mississippi State. So he transfers to Syracuse after Mike Leach tells him he can't throw, and we made him look like Andrew Luck on Saturday. 16 of 34, 236 yards through the air, two touchdowns, 174 yards on the ground on 22 carries and three rushing touchdowns. We didn't have a spy on Schrader until late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, what the hell? Um, <laughs> where has that been? <laughs> like, 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 we did it we, against we, we, and I was so fired up, and we haven't done it since. We talked about it for 20 minutes. Amari Barno spot on Sam Howell. We stopped him. Like, what changed? Like, now it's happening on defense, apparently, diverting from what's working. I mean, this guy was running around the field like Michael Vick on Saturday. He had 7.9 yards per carry. It was like the classic Virginia Tech cannot contain a mobile quarterback when you know all week this is what you have to prepare for. You have to prepare for the mobile quarterback. You have to prepare for Sean Tucker. And then they have some wide receivers, but they're not, you know, uber talented like they are on other other teams in the conference. Also, fourth, I mean, the fourth down defense. Bro. Just Syracuse, four of four on fourth down conversions. If you told me before the game that Syracuse was going to go four for four on fourth down, I would have told you that they are either running the offense with Paul Johnson as their head coach. And I also would have told you that they probably probably would have won the game. Um, but pretty horrendous to, uh, to surrender that, you know, you're not going to win the game when you can't get pressure on the quarterback and you can't stop them when it matters. You're not, you know, you're going to be on the field all game long if you can't slow down drives and yeah. Can we tip our cap? Um, I said it multiple times and Pat, I think until at the end of the game, um, you probably disagreed with me. Dino Babers called a great game. He was ballsy. Um, he seemed to dial up the right play every single every single time. He had the right decisions when it came to going for it versus kicking it versus doing whatever. Now, granted, his kicker sucked. His kicker didn't help him out very much. But I think he Dino Babers, man. I mean, he he dialed up a great game. I have to tip my cap to him. He did a really good job managing the clock and managing that football game in general. Yeah, uh, I mean, my main concerns on defense is just we we just looked really, really slow on Saturday. Uh, couldn't get to Schrader inside or outside of the pocket, taking bad angles, and 16 minutes paid for it. Uh, and to Pat's point, and we've talked about this so many dadgum times on this podcast, we love to make these QBs who used to play wide receiver or were told that they weren't that great look like Heisman frontrunners. Gareth Trader uh, was a wide receiver. He, Yeah, he played wide receiver in Mississippi State's offense and then transferred to Syracuse. Uh, another guy I think about who's kind of like that is Linton Bowden Jr. I'm sure a lot of Hokies remember him in that Kentucky game. Wasn't even really a true quarterback, but he looked like one when he played us. So uh, this, the, the defensive secondary never really got off the bus, it seems. And on the run, they were missing tackles. In the air, they were letting Syracuse's wide receivers make plays. I want to shout out for redshirt freshman Courtney Jackson for Syracuse. That dude had seven receptions, 86 yards, averaging 12.3 yards per play, had one touchdown reception. 
Um, I credit him. He made a lot of great plays, but for, for our secondary to, to not only let Courtney Jackson do what he did, uh, just the rest of their receivers had the days that they had. Uh, it's, it's very, very frustrating. Uh, as, as a broad spectrum, this is as sad as it is probably, and maybe you guys disagree with me here, uh, probably one of the, the more sorry performances that a coach Justin Hamilton defense has had since he's been the defensive coordinator. Uh, we, we just talked about it. <sighs> Scrambling quarterback. He did such a good job dialing up Sam Howell and making sure that he couldn't really do anything on September 3rd on the ground. He had Amari Barner spying on him all day. And maybe there just like wasn't enough film on Garrett Schrader for, for Jay Ham to be like, all right, we're going to spy on this kid. Maybe that, that there's very much a possibility that that's the case. And he just didn't think that he was going to do what he did to us. Um, but yeah, all in all, we saw it against Notre Dame and I don't put this entirely on the defense either. This is more outside looking in, uh, we gave up nine point leads to both Notre Dame and Syracuse in the final four minutes of both of those games. How, how How? does that, how does that happen? How does that happen? That's so unbelievably unacceptable. I mean, sure. Like the defense, Let's these teams walk down the field, march down the field and score. But then that's also a reflection of our offense's inability to answer and put the game away. Uh, end of the day, disciplined, gritty teams finish football games. And the sad reality is we're not very disciplined and we're not very gritty. Uh, and all of that starts at the top of the food chain. I don't mean to make any funny puns there, though. Just saying. Super upsetting. Um, the last point that I have, um, is another game where we were in the wrong, and I say another game, cause I believe we were in this situation versus Liberty last year. We're in the wrong coverage in the game deciding situation. Uh, and again, if memory serves me correctly, we were in a similar, similar position against Liberty. You have to take a timeout. I mean, if we're in the wrong coverage on the last drive of the game to decide the football game, take a timeout. Um, we have I, two. I we don't. Two of them. I don't understand. Um, I'll also say, you know, a lot of people are are getting on Dorian Strong. Dorian Strong is a young player with a really positive future. If you see the picture, I mean, it's a perfect encapsulation of what I talked about. I mean, his hand is is clearly between the Syracuse's uh, wide receivers' hands, um, making a great play on the ball, and the guy made a play. Um, and those are plays that we haven't made all year on offense, and got burned, lost the ball game. Um, so yeah, I mean, the defense didn't play up to par. I will say, I can't put this entirely on the defense, especially where the defense is the reason that we've won multiple games this year. Um, but yeah, just consistently, consistently letting, letting them off the hook with uh long third downs or fourth downs. Just, uh, it was, it was tough. It was, it was probably the first time in my fandom, you know, I I'm kind of new to this. So, but as soon as I got the ball, I, <laughs> I was like, who am I kidding? They're absolutely, they're absolutely going to score in this drive. They need three points. They're, they need two points to tie and three points to win. They're absolutely going to score. Uh, and they even gave up. We even gave up a big time return. So uh, I hated to be in the apathetic, uh, the apathetic boat, but it was camp. my first time. First time. Well, first time. Welcome to the apathetic camp. Yeah. Go ahead and grab some, grab some Hershey's. Grab a nice. Uh, 
We're, we're making s'mores, Billy Ray. Grace is real cozy over here, baby. I don't know who <laughs> tweeted it, uh, but they're so funny when they tweet it. It says, welcome aboard. Uh, welcome aboard, uh, Virginia Tech Airlines. Doug Next Bowman. Time. Yeah, and man, like, his 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 kudos, Doug Bowman, heartbreak. Doug Bowman, and then he goes, uh, um, destination heart, uh, hokey heartbreak central or something. Heartbreak uh, city, heartbreak, heartbreak city. city. Estimated time of arrival three twenty eight p.m. It's just, I read that uh, uh, somehow where there was spotty coverage in Lane, but I read that and uh, I got a kick out of it. But yeah, first time, <laughs> first time, long time uh, being in that uh, being in that thing. So um, shout out to the apathetic sad um realization of how things go crew i love how he does the uh he does the boarding he's like now boarding zone one yeah yeah (laughs) that's comedy i I laugh out i laughed out loud at that um he's a section fiver doug's in section 5l he uh i remember during the carolina game in the fourth quarter i looked up at him and i saw him we made eye contact and i did like the uh the seat like the putting on my seatbelt motion and he knew exactly what I was referring to. He's also a fellow deep run wildcat and former can man. Big ups to Doug Bowman. Hell yeah. Let's go wildcats. Special teams, Pat. Special teams. The kick return. That was returned to our territory in the fourth quarter. That was like, see you later. Uh, we, we were up nine points, gave them the ball in hokey territory and, uh, it was actually the seventh kick of the day for John Parker Romo, and it was the only one that was not a touchback. And it looked like it was on purpose, not a touchback. That's another thing. Why did we not kick that out of the end zone? Was his leg tired? I, I, don't, know. I, I don't know, but Coach Fuente said it was the first time or maybe the first time in his entire career that a kick return has gone that far on him in that kind of situation, but um, not good. Probably the only gripe of special teams the entire the entire day. But we'll go into uh, where the game was decided. The game was decided a few different ways here. Ultimately, ultimately it was the last five minutes, but I'm going to point out the, the drive in the second quarter where John, no, not John Parker, Romo, Peter Moore pinned them at the two-yard line. They have like a false start penalty. And then on first down, it's almost as if we get a safety. Skipper cannon goes off because the skipper crew thinks we had a safety where really they gain like three or four yards. And then they go 10 more plays, 98 yards. And it was just a microcosm of the defense on Saturday. They were just moving the ball at will, whether it was on the ground or through the air. A lot of, a lot of good runs by Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader. But the final five minutes is really where this game was decided. Malachi, T- Malachi Thomas bust through the line for 47 yards off to the races, nothing but clean mountain air. And then we give them the ball back. They get, uh, they get the ball back in our territory after the big kick return, they run it down our throat, score a touchdown. And then our offensive series ensuing was four downs, uh, four plays. We get a, we get a first down on the first play and then the next three plays, um, were resulting in a punt. And it was the third and seven that I talked about earlier where Braxton took a sack. So they get the ball back at the 30 and Syracuse goes 70 yards in six plays in 45 seconds, including a fourth and four conversion. You knew once they got that fourth and four conversion, this game was over. Uh, They burn Dorian strong over the top touchdown. 
ball game, but you know, the game was decided in the last five minutes, a combination of two things, three things, actually one special teams with the mishap. there, the only special teams mishap all day Two, the defense, not being able to stop anyone. The defense surrendered 21 points in the fourth quarter. And then three, which we've seen so many times, the offense not being able to put a game away, not being able to ice a game, whether you're up eight points, nine points, you need one more or two more first downs. You can't run the ball. You can't get the ball past the sticks and you're toast and you're leaving it up to the defense to, to save it. And, and they didn't do it. So that is where the game was decided. And it was unfortunate. And uh, we were left heartbroken once again for the third time in a row and the fourth time in five games. And pain. here we are. Pain, 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 pain. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely does suck. Cat confirms. Uh, out to lunch. Next segment. How about, how about out to lunch? Okay, how about how about, out, how about call I'm going to jump in because we don't have anyone for out to lunch here, but I'm, I'm going to jump in with out to dinner. So, you know, out to lunch, someone might be totally missing out. They don't know what's going on. Like that guy's out to lunch. Out to dinner is like, hey, I like what they're doing. I, I see what you're doing and I like it. So we'll call it out to dinner today. They're eating. We're gonna, they're eating. Yeah, they're eating. They're eating. This is brought to you by Roots Natural Kitchen in Blacksburg, Virginia. If you are a student or if you are a resident or if you just like visiting Blacksburg for the weekend, head on over to Roots Natural Kitchen. I went there on Sunday. Guess who I saw? Brock Hoffman was eating at New, at Roots on Sunday. Saw him yesterday. Say, what's up, Brock? I know no you love Tabasco. this place. No Tabasco sauce on the El Jefe. Go to Roots Natural Kitchen. Go to their website. Check out the menu. Download the app. Follow them on Instagram at Roots NK. This is the healthy alternative. You know, you got your Chipotle's. You got your, you know, other, other groups like that. Well, listen, you can put things on kale and it can taste good. I promise you. Like Facts. the El Jefe bowl. Like the pesto Caesar bowl. Go to Roots Natural Kitchen. Use Sons of Sat 21. That's the code. Use that promo code on the Roots Natural Kitchen app. You'll get 20% off of your first bowl order. So head on down to Roots. We love Roots. Out to dinner. Virginia Tech wore the best uniforms that I have seen in 20 plus years yes. on Saturday. Out yes. to dinner. Thanks. More of that. I think, I, think, I think Grayson loves this more than probably anyone in the entire fan base. I think that's a fact. I think the amount of uh, throwback Vic and Kevin Jones and Lee Suggs jerseys I saw on Saturday speak for themselves of how many people were so excited to see the return of the uniforms that were worn from, I believe, 98 or 99 to 2003. They just looked so clean. They looked so good. Everything about throwback day was awesome. You know, you the accents the and numbers Bowl. are gorgeous. <laughs> the, the numbers look good. You had the Tecmo Bowl on the score scoreboard. You had the Hokies respect message from 2006. Loved that. Back. Loved that. That was great. Um, you know, no stick it in. No good. stick it in, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. The only thing that was left off the list, maybe that's out to lunch, but out to dinner was definitely the uniforms. We all want them. We don't need our modern looking uniforms. They don't look that good. They're, they're kind of just yawn, in my opinion, and a lot of people's Great. opinions. The stripes need to get rid of the stripes, but. The 99 unis looked fantastic, and I would love to see them again. And I, uh, I, I second that notion. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say on, on the, uh, the playing field of if Stick It In is not ever going to come back to a permanent end, which at this point in time looks like it will never happen, and that's a shame and a completely different conversation. 
give us those uniforms at least. You know what? Make them our make them our just home jerseys. I mean, they're just so sharp. Everyone was so gassed up. You saw it on Twitter. Everyone lost their freaking mind. Like it's it's been what three years that we've worn the uh, the ones that we started wearing against Florida State in 2018. Time for a switch up. I need a what? I need a white alternate of those uniforms for every away game. They look sharp as attack and sell them at the bookstore. You want to talk about raising money for our football team? That's how you do it. Sell those uniforms and the lunch pail hoodies while you're at it for everyone else. So the last thing I want to say, if we are picking nits and if we actually do want to say out to lunch, what is with Enter Sandman and the cutoff time for Enter Sandman? It is inconsistent every single week because this week was super I want weird. This is the worst week. Yeah, I want to hear. The cor- I don't want to hear the chorus of the song. I want the fans to be singing the chorus at the very end before it cuts out into the guitar solo. I want the fans to be singing it. I do not want to hear Mr. Sandman singing along. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to cut it off right before the sleep with one eye open part. And then the entire, the entire uh, fan, fan base goes nuts. So enter Sandman guy, whoever's pressing play, we need to see some more consistency there. Because I don't want to hear the lyrics from Mr. Metallica. All right. Yeah, I think I, one thing I noticed when they started playing it, like when they cued it to go after we did the Let's Go Hokies, they weren't even at the end of the tunnel yet, um, which is a great vantage point. Section five, you can see into the tunnel. Um, but they weren't even in the tunnel when they started playing it. So I don't know what was going on with the communication, um, but uh, better better communication. Good, good nitpickery, Pat. I love everything about the throwback day, though, and that's just picking a nit. But hopefully we can see it. Helmet stickers. My helmet sticker goes to Drake DeLulis. First touchdown as a Hokie, 22-yard reception from Braxton. And I also have an honorary helmet sticker to Isaiah Ford for his first touchdown as an NFL player. I caught a pass from Tua yesterday in Miami. Great job, Isaiah. Love you. And, uh, yeah, Bill. I'll stick with your NFL theme. I'm going to shout out Brandon Faison. He led the Raiders with uh, nine tackles after uh, after the Raiders win, and he also lot of, logged an interception the week before. And then also I want to shout out Brian Johnson, who's making his first NFL career start for the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football right now. To finish out helmet stickers, uh, Christian Darisol made his first start a week ago. From what I've heard, he balled out. Apparently, the Viking uh, faithful, shout out John Lazer, are loving some Christian Darisol. And it was also uh, really cool to see him on the uh, television broadcast. He said, anytime I can be here, I will be here. And he was referring to Blacksburg. So, I mean, you love to hear that. So, uh, Love that guy. Love that guy. I saw him. Uh, you guys will like this. I saw him at Bar Centro um, on Friday night, but I decided we're going to rename Bar Centro uh, for all well, of it, you. It's called it's called Centro Taco Bar. Okay, sure. Centro Taco Bar. El Centro. El Centro. <laughs> um, so you already are you already are renaming it. So we're going to re-rename it. Uh, for those of you who went to school, for me that's always Big Al's, but in true like good PR fashion. We want to pay homage to the past and respect the future. So from now on, it's not Big Al's. It's not Centro Taco Bar. It's Big Alejandro's. That is what we're going to call it. It is Big Alejandro's. Meet right in the middle. Um, but yeah, shout out to Christian Darisaw. What a guy. Game ball. Game ball this week. 
Uh, I'm going to give the game ball to Malachi Thomas. I think that goes without saying that 47 yard run in the fourth quarter it was the first time we saw like a, a clutch offensive play in such a long time in a clutch moment. So Malachi Thomas gets the game off for me, 151 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. He is a true freshman. Hopefully we can see more of that and uh, keep him healthy and, and keep him good. It, My go ahead, Grayson. I was just going to say in hindsight, while I agree with that, Malachi Thomas, I mean, absolutely gets the game ball. No questions asked. In hindsight, now that I think about it, I, I love that 47-yard touchdown run. Part of me wishes that it took a little bit longer and ate some more time off the clock. Yeah, makes it makes you wonder kind of what what happens if uh, if that doesn't go down. So, but yeah, not to not to overshadow uh, Malachi Thomas's awesome performance. Uh, I'm going to give my game ball to the best player on the field and one of the best players in college football this past week, Gareth Schrader. 16 for 34, 236 yards passing for an average of 14.8 yards. He had two touchdowns passing. Oh, by the way, he also led the team in rushing. He rushed for 22 times for 174 yards, averaging 7.9 yards a carry and three touchdowns. So Gareth Schrader accounted for almost 400 yards. Excuse me. He accounted for over 400 yards of offense, and he had five touchdowns. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I find a better performer in uh, that week of college football. Gareth Schrader, absolute savage. All right, moving on to where do we go from here? Support the players. There is really not much to look forward to, uh, in my opinion, right now in the 2021 football season for Virginia Tech. Then seeing young guys like Malachi Thomas get some burn, seeing guys like DJ Harvey on the field as a true freshman, you know, do we want DJ Harvey and Malachi Thomas to have to be on the field as true freshmen? No, but this is the opportunity to see what they got to get them some reps. You know, want to see a guy like Jaden pay get some more opportunities. I saw him on the field a lot on Saturday, you know, day one Lofton, we talk about him all the time, Christian Moss, Jalen Jones, like these might be some guys that we see throughout the rest of the season. So I think it's just continue to root for the players, continue to root, you know, for them to stay healthy and them to, them to be, uh, you know, positive contributors to the football program because it's a tough times right now. Uh, yeah, Pat, I second that notion. Support the players, always support the players. Uh, and just for the record, look, it's not really a secret uh, that I'm irritated with the, the state of things. I think we all know that. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm out there tagging players or coaches on Twitter. Don't do that. It's still as goofy as it ever was. Don't they're they're kids, y'all. Don't tag them if they if they mess up a play, or don't tag them if if you know they didn't make a catch or something like that. I mean, what 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 are we doing? Don't do that. Uh, and that's coming from me, who is I've been very active on Twitter recently. I've been shout very out, active. <laughs> shout out Jimmy Mitchell. What's going on, man? No, but no bad blood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say one more thing. Uh, where do we go from here? Personally, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to Atlanta. I'm not going to Boston. I'm not going to Miami. I probably will go to Charlottesville, and I can't go to the Duke game. But um, I'm two and eight in my last ten games, dating back dating back to I want to say the UVA game in 2019. I am zero and seven in my last seven road games. Um, so for those reasons. You guys shouldn't want me to have to be at, you know, the next few games here that are four or five of them are on the road. I will be sitting out the next few games 
and uh, praying for victories from from my couch and from my local uh, watering hole in Charlotte. And San Diego, coming down to San Diego for the for the Duke game. So the Duke game. Uh, is that a fact? Yeah, so you got it. Uh, that's breaking news, I guess, for you. So yeah, Grayson, uh, that's mandatory. You need to be in uh, in San Diego Bubs. and Bubs. Bubs at the beach. Uh, and breaking Bubs. news, your brother Brian uh, will be coming down as well. So excited to get him uh, get him down to San Diego. I'm not sure what day he's flying in, but Brian will be here too. Um, things that must improve, guys. Take it away. Yeah, uh, it's, I, it's just too long. Can the list is so we, long that can we just yeah? Can we just can we just skip this segment? Let's move on yeah, to stuff that isn't football. That's fine. Yeah, I think we all know that what 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 is needed to improve, and that's quite literally everything. Um, <laughs> let's do stuff that isn't football. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, the students want to be at football games in Lane Stadium. They are they are still going to games, and I love to see it. And I'm also excited to see the type of energy that they bring in the castle this fall and this winter. I think we still have the best fans in the country. I don't think there's any doubt uh, about that. People are showing up even when times are really tough right now. I also think it's good that we only have one more home game. I will say that. Uh, Twitter is not real life. There's a lot of negativity and just craziness on Twitter right now. Um, I like to stay out of it. Just because I don't, I don't have any comments about Twitter. We can take this part out. I do. It's out of control. You guys are making <laughs> yourself look so stupid. I I'm sorry. I like I I have comments, but I we can talk about it. It's just you guys are out of control. Seriously, you guys are acting like infants. I really wish you guys would would you guys would grow up. I mean, there are grown people acting grown, like like you guys have jobs. Do you guys have jobs? I work That's in the evening. I work in the evening, but uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I got some time. <laughs> it's, but, so, uh, it's so many people saying things that they would never say to anybody's face. Yes. Player, coach, uh, administration member. Just, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's really a shame. Another hu- how, about, um, how about another human? How about another human? Another human. Even, That's a great not point. Even, not, e- not even a person of authority or a person affiliated with Virginia tech or athletics, just saying it to another human. It's, it's kind of off the rails right now. I would like so to I think just, that people are better than that. Yeah. It, it really is. Um, disappointing. It's wild. Um, it, it, there's a difference, but there's a difference between, you know, I said it last week, hate, hate the, hate the result. Don't hate the person. Uh, and you can throw back at me the, um, you know, it's a business, this, that, and the other. Well, it, it, it doesn't, it, it's just completely indecent and completely wrong. Um, and you can tell all of us are frustrated by the result, but personally attacking people, um, or, you know, uh, putting stuff out there about people that you've never known, never met, never shook their hand. It's just, it's wrong. Um, and I, I wish we would be better. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith that we'll be better, but, uh, it's disappointing to watch it play out week in week out. No one has to agree, but in the famous words of the late great Christopher Wallace, some of y'all know him as the notorious B.I.G., can't we all just get along? Uh, And, you know, we all want the same thing, to see us succeed. (laughs) At the end of the day, that's what we all want. I I never knew we would quote the notorious B.I.G. on the Sons of Saturday. just happened. If you had, if you had, if you had Grayson saying, we all want the same thing on your Sons of Saturday bingo board, everyone, uh, 
put a piece that, on that, that That's the free space. Grayson Wimbish saying we all want the same thing. There's your free space right free there. Space. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Before, before we move over to letters from the lunch pail, just the last thing, the Fire Fuente chant. I just wanted to talk about it. It, sh- it, it just kind of like shook me to my core, not because I feel one way or the other. Like I am ready to move on from Justin Fuente and I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. And I think most of the fan base is too. Um, more so just, it's just something that I never thought I would hear in Lane Stadium. Just about any coach, you know, never would think to hear that, you know, at a Virginia Tech game. And I mean, it was really loud and people were letting, you know, people were letting Virginia Tech community know that they're ready to move on. Um, and it's just something that our fan base has never really experienced for the most part. Um, feel for Coach Fuente's family having to hear that, you know, being in the seats or being in the box or wherever they were. Um, at the same time, you know, this is how the business of college football is across the country. You know, you're, you're going to get that from fan bases who are extremely passionate. And that's just that's just how it is. Um, so just an interesting thing that, you know, me as a fan never thought I would hear. Uh, but hearing it, it was just a, a wild experience. So that's kind of just my two cents there. And, and Pat, to, to add to that, I mean, I share the sentiment, man. I am ready, very much ready to move on from this coaching staff and Justin Fuente. Uh, I, I agree with all that. Um, I, I do think, though, like chanting that, especially with his wife and probably his little girls in the box, it ain't a great look for our fan base. And, and our fan base prides itself on just being a very, very classy fan base and people who always treat like opposing fans very respectfully. And to hear that, I and predominantly, and not to put this like on the students, it came from the student section, I think. So I get it. It's a lot of, you know, young, tuned up kids. Sure. Uh, it just doesn't really seem like us. And again, I, I agree with the notion. It's something I never thought I'd, I'd hear uh bill any any thoughts from you dude like i'm, I'm yeah i don't i don't i don't see a um a path to where that isn't the outcome um the expectations have not been lived up to um I, i'll say you know um i, I want to preface this by saying i think our fans were fantastic i think our fans showed up in droves for that for a game where I was really not expecting a ton. They were loud. They were engaged. They wanted our guys, to, uh, our fellows, to win the game. Um, if I have to nitpick, I hate hearing that. Uh, I've said it about the UNC game. It's not about Virginia Tech football. Is not about the opponent. It is not about uh, an opposing player, and it's also not about the head coach, a coach, or one player on our team. And I hate that during a football game, because it wasn't just at the end of the football game. It was during the football game. It was any time our offense would punt. And it wasn't just the student section. It was everybody. Uh, I hate that we detract from rooting for the, you know, 100 guys or 120 guys that go to work every day and practice and and sweat and, and pour everything they have into trying to win a football game. I hate that that is distracted when you do something like that. Uh, I also hate it for Coach Fuente's family. I I have a lot of love for Coach Fuente. I have a lot of love for his family. Um, and, uh, yeah, I never thought we would see something like that. I mean, I always used to clown Miami when they were getting rid of uh, Al Golden. They were flying <laughs> planes over Miami saying, fire Al Golden. And um, I now have a different opinion on that. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a shame to hear. People are upset. 
people love their football team. People um, had expectations or, you know, were, were fed up going into this year and kind of the results of this season ha- have led to this point. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it definitely shook me to a core. It broke my heart. I hated hearing it. It is, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. It is, what it is. it is what it is. It's the nature of the beast. That's the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Letters from the lunch pail brought to you by Sharky's Blacksburg. Such a fun time. We're good friends. Go Grayson kick us off with our buddy, Steven, our guy, Steve Bryce. All right, Steve did love. For, uh, <laughs> all right, Steve. He and I have been talking on Twitter. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I get, I credit him. He, sure. he, always, he always gives great questions. So did love for coaches, Billy, VT football, Grayson, opium, Pat, block or opium. What is that? I, I like opium, but hopium, just like the I guess hope. That's like creative. Yeah, creative. it's funny. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. it's, it's it's hilarious. It's it's funny. Um, did love for coaches, VT football, hopium, block or keep you guys in denial about this impending train wreck that is now happening? All the signs of subpar recruiting, bad in-game decisions, talent, roster mismanagement the last three years were there. Any self-reflection? Yeah, I'll start this one, Steve. Um, I was listening to Too Deep today. They they did a little, a little excerpt out of their most recent episode, and they talked about how post-Duke 2019, there was kind of this thought that, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that this is working out. I'm not sure that Justin Fuente is the guy anymore. And then we turn it around, like uh, – James Mitchell so kindly reminded me of. Uh, we we turn it around. We win those games up until UVA, and you're thinking in my head, I want this to work out so bad. Look at us. We're winning now. This is starting to make sense. So my self-reflection is um, I, I, I think the writing has been on the wall for a long time. I think after those games in 20, 2019, we had Jerry Kill. I don't know how much that had to do with anything. I think it was a bit of an anomaly. Uh, And so I'm getting to the point now where it's like we've known what we've always known and that it's just that it's not going to work out. And I don't think it ever was going to work out. Uh, That sucks. That really sucks because I wanted it to. As much as it doesn't seem like that, I wanted it to. I swear on my mother's life. I like, but here we are. And, and, And it hasn't worked out. Uh, so that's my self-reflection. Um, and I, and I said it and you always want me to say it, but yeah, I'm ready to move on from Justin and Fuente and the staff. Uh, and then, so, but in that same, in that same regard, anyone who's hoping that it's going to happen tomorrow, it, just stop, stop. Self-reflection. I love that. Uh, any self-reflection from me, I drive a Honda, uh, not a civic. I drive a Honda CRV. Cause it gets good gas mileage. Cause I like to go to the games. I have a better tailgate playlist than you, Steve Bryce. Um, I'm a fan, man. I can't read a cover too. I like yelling on third down and shaking my keys and getting out a bit on game day because the Hokies play on Saturday. I don't have any, I, I'm not going to apologize for anything. Um, as far as over the last couple of years, I do this for fun and this is awesome. I don't have any self-reflection. I think if you listen to, Listen to the podcast over the past few years. I've I've been as honest as possible. But um, I mean, have we had bad recruiting? Yes. Have we had horrible in-game decisions? Yes. Have we had roster mismanagement the last three years? Yes, absolutely. And that's kind of just how it is. It is what it is. Um, but <laughs> no, no self-reflection. 
no, no self-reflection, no regrets, you know, went to six of the seven games that we've played so far, had a blast all six of those Saturdays and one Friday. So, uh, no, but I do love being a Hokie fan and I'm not going to any of the other games this year because I don't want to lose and I'm, I'm a little tired. <laughs> so maybe that's my self-reflection. Don't go to road games anymore, Pat. Uh, but no, Steve, I appreciate you writing in. Um, and I like the hopium joke. Yeah, Pat, I couldn't agree more. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to apologize for, um, I thought a lot of the reasons I thought our offense would be good were based in kind of how I saw things and it didn't bounce that way, but you know, regardless, I don't have any self-reflection. Uh, I, I, I think I've said this multiple times. I do this because I love Virginia tech. I do this because, um, I want to support, be involved with and meet people from the school that I love and the community that I love. And, uh, this has given me an, a, a tremendous opportunity to do that along with you other, you too, and the rest of the people that write and, um, collaborate with us. And that's been the most awesome thing that's come out of this. Um, you know, running into guys like JJ Singleton, who I met only because this exists this weekend. Um, that's what I really care about. And yes, I want our team to do well. And yes, I wanted to see coach front to succeed. And yes, I wanted to see guys, you know, win more football games than we have. Um, but no, I don't have any, I don't have any self-reflection. I love Virginia tech. I'm always going to love Virginia tech and, I am Mr. Brightside. That is me. I will be that guy for the rest of my life. Um, I like to think that a lot of the reasons that I thought we would be a certain way were based upon evidence that was given to me or things that I saw. And you know what? It didn't work out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. So it didn't. And uh, I'm bummed, but I will be here to press record until these, uh, these wonderful voice uh, voice boxes or whatever they're called stop working because I love I love doing it and I love doing it with you guys so no self hey. no laryngitis Billy we no, saw no, Chris, we, we we don't want that <laughs> Chris Stapleton Chris Stapleton had to cancel cancel a few shows because of laryngitis no laryngitis drink your no uh, drink your root tea, ginger root tea there you go Sherry Sherry animated hokey says do we see a fourth win you know what. I hope we do. Uh, if if it's on our schedule right now, I'm hoping it's Duke Senior I Day. So too. You know, you're gonna see you're gonna see some guys play their last game in a hooky uniform uh, on November 13th against Duke. So hopefully it's a Duke game. Boston College is also 0 and 3 in conference, but you know, no one likes going up to to Boston on a chilly night in November. That's a Friday night. The Red. I Bears. do. And again, I'll go to Boston anytime. Anytime. Hey Bill. Yeah, we Bill, let me Bill. call you out. Hey Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, speaking, Bill, speaking of self-reflection, um, you know, I remember you came on this podcast and was like, I'm going to the Boston College game. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. Are you going? <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going to. I will not be in attendance. Uh, and you know why, Pat? If you want to if you want to throw shade my way, Pat, you've been telling you me. To, you, want, you want me to you want me to do it for you? Yes. Go ahead. Billy Ray comes back to the East Coast. He goes to the Notre Dame game. Loss. He goes to the Pittsburgh game the next week, lost. And he says, huh, this has been tough. Let me switch Let me switch sports for a little bit. Goes to two games at Fenway Park, wears a little goofy tie-dye T-shirt. It's a tight loss, shirt. Loss, 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 and then comes back to Blacksburg and finishes the East Coast homestand with another loss. So uh, no Boston College for Billy. Well, it's okay. Yes, back to Bubs, Bill. Uh, <laughs> I'm 0-1 I'm, I'm, I'm at Bubs, too. I'm um, 0-2 at Bubs. <laughs> I think I think too, Pat, to 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 you know, 
prove that your friend is listening to his friend. Pat, you've told me before, hey man, we got to start doing some saving. You're trying to buy some property. I'm trying to buy some property in Charlotte. I'm trying to be more fiscally responsible. It would be fiscally irresponsible of me to fly back to Boston and go eat at Tate and eat a nine and a half dollar avocado toast. I said, just sit my rear end right here or move myself back to the East Coast for for good. So I'm I'm nixing it. It's nixed in the turn in in the light and uh, and sake of my financial future. I have decided to opt out of the Boston College game. It's a shame. It's a shame. That's where we are today. Um, the real McCoy. He had three questions. We'll take them in stride. First question: If you work for the ticket office or you are trying to get people to donate money, how do you continue to make that trip to games slash donate money? I have no idea. Um, I have no clue. Um, where are the <laughs> retro jerseys again? Um, we only have one. We only have, thankfully they only have to do it for one game and it is senior day. So put on your orange and maroon root for our team. One more time. We had the weird front loaded home schedule. Yeah. Give Terrell Smith 20,000 tickets. I mean, that guy knows people from every generation. He could probably sell out the stadium by himself. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know how you do it. Um, I like that question. There's some fans that want to I do too. I like that question as well. Um, my hat is tipped to guys like Evan and, and on our guys over in the uh, season ticket office Two for Billy. There's some fans that want to question Fuente's character despite never meeting him. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. I hate to see it. Um, I think people make themselves look pretty ridiculous uh, for, you know, um, I don't know how many people we can bring on this podcast. Um, you know, look, everybody's allowed to tell their story across any platform. That's fine. I have no, I have no problem with that. Um, but we have had Isaiah Ford. We've had Sam Rogers, John McLaughlin, um, countless guys, uh, that have played under his, under his, uh, regime that have things to say about him. Um, people that have worked for him, people that, uh, have been on the staff, gone elsewhere, people in the administration that worked for him and me again, like I have, I have nothing but positive things to say about him. Um, that's my guy. Uh, I'm, I'm really kind of sick of people um, trying to paint the picture of somebody who they've never met. Um, and quite frankly, has poured a lot into the Virginia tech community um, and into making a difference. Um, jumping on, Zoom calls during quarantine, um, what he did with Coach Young to give back uh, during the uh, during the pandemic, taking pay cuts. Um, I, I think I, Coach Fonte is a great guy. Um, and uh, it is what it is. And the people that know him know that. And, uh, you know, I'm glad. I know he has thick skin, and that's kind of is what it is. And then uh, the third part, can you share a story or a time that Coach Fuente did something behind the scenes that helped slash benefited you as a player or one of your teammates? Thank you. Um, we talked about it a couple podcasts ago. Uh, Coach, or I'm sorry, John Cran, I'm a really good friend of the podcast um, and just an incredible all-around guy. Uh, his book, The Cornell Effect, Coach Fuente actually bought um, that book for every single player um, and talked about kind of Cornell's story and everything that he's been through. Um, I thought that was a really cool gesture, not just for John, um, but also for the entire football team. We've seen guys like Jordan Williams, Trey Turner, Tavion Robinson go ahead and post it 
and they've been reading that book. There's a ton of life lessons and different stories to come from that. In my time at Virginia Tech, he was constantly, constantly trying to teach you more things about life in general, not just, hey, where do I line up um, against cover two in the slot or anything like that. He's constantly trying to relate football to living your life. Um, Pat, we ran into Coach Foster after the game, uh, and that's what he said too. Um, you know, my heart hurts for Coach Fuente um, because he does everything he can to try to help these young men uh, become good adults, good people in the professional world. Um, and uh, that's always been his focus. Hasn't worked out this year in terms of win or lo- wins or losses. Uh, in terms of me personally, what he's done for me, uh, when I had my back injury my senior year and I had to step away from football, he went out of his way to A, make sure that everything was going okay. And re- granted, I, again, was somebody who played less than 100 snaps for Virginia Tech. I wasn't a difference maker. Um and he went out of his way to constantly check on how his class going, constantly connecting me with Lays and connecting me with other people in the space of just kind of the podcast and multimedia journalism space. And has consistently helped me do everything I can to grow this brand or be successful in whatever I do in my future. Um, and he's done that for countless individuals. Um, and uh, that's why it's so hard uh it's so hard for me to see how things are going and how people talk about him. Uh, Cause I know him as the guy that's always looked out for me. Uh, he didn't recruit me. I didn't score any touchdowns. I barely blocked for anybody at any point. And he's always treated me um, uh, great. So I have a lot of love for him. Do you guys have anything to add uh, to that? Just kind of how people are talking about him or talking about um, his character. Well, I mean, that's very, very heartfelt, dude. Um, and, and, you know, I think people give you a, it's very easy to give you a lot of crap when things aren't going well. Uh, I've done it. Um, Pat, not so much, but I, I most certainly have. Uh, and so, you know, as, as a, as a person who played for the man, you'll have, you'll have a perspective that not a lot of other people ever will have. Uh, and I don't say that to, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything or anything we all know how i feel about it you know but yeah dude i think you're you're entitled to the way you feel about things uh just like pat and i are just like everyone else is so that's the only thing i have to add pat anything from from you dog all right man taylor nicely yeah final uh final letter from lunch pill here how can we got the halftime timeout too oh yeah quick one on the halftime timeout uh Brogy1995 asked about it. So, uh, Grayson, I know you tweeted about it. Essentially what happened was when Syracuse lined up to take the final slap, snap out of halftime, their wide receiver – I was telling Pat, I literally said they have they don't have a guy in the field. They don't have a guy in the field. They don't have a guy in the field. So Syracuse is waving, 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 waving. I was expecting them to bring a tight end into the game. They ended up bringing a wide receiver into the game. Um, and if you substitute on offense, officials are supposed to stop play – and allow the defense to substitute. They did not allow our defense to substitute. We did not have the correct defense in. Coach Fuente calls a timeout. Of course, they snap the ball. They try to run it. They don't get in. Um, so everybody's angry at Coach Fuente when in reality, the officials screwed that up. And that's why he's yelling at the officials. People are like, was he yelling at the officials because he let them call timeout? No, he was yelling at the officials because they didn't stop play and allow them to substitute the package in. When they didn't go heavy, they went with an additional wide receiver. So, um, that is what happened uh, right before halftime. 
Taylor nicely will finish this out. How concerned should we be on losing our top players to the transfer portal and or top recruits decommitting? Uh, Taylor, I would say this is a genuine concern to have. I said it before the uh, season even started on our season preview that this is a this was a possibility. Uh, you you have recruits some some of our our main two in this in this upcoming class: Gunner Givens, very highly touted recruit; uh, Ramon Brown, another very highly touted recruit. I mean, you don't know if depending on how it all shakes out. It's a genuine concern to have. Th- same thing with the transfer portal. Uh, it, you know, there are going to be guys who are on the team who are kind of they're loyal to Fuente and they were recruit, recruited by him or people on his staff. And depending on how it all shakes out, you just I could see it. I could see kids decommitting and I could see kids entering the transfer portal. It's most certainly within the realm of possibility on both ends. Pat and Bill, anything to add? Yeah. College football in 2021. Uh, you're going to face that risk. You're going to see a lot of attrition when coaches are either uh, being asked to resign or are retiring or anything of that nature. So I would expect the worst and hope for the best, you know, with, with whatever decisions are made and that's really all you can do. But yeah, I would be concerned. Alex orgy looks unbelievable. Will Stewart tweets about it every single week of how Alex orgy is making big time plays down there at Sachs high school uh, in Texas. But yeah, Definitely concerned. Smiling shout outs brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. JJ Singleton, it was awesome to meet you, my friend. Uh, great time hanging out with JJ in Section 5. I know Bill got to see him at Tots the night before as well. Uh, but really cool to get to meet JJ for the first time. And thanks for coming down to Section 5. I think I think that's been a lot of fun, too. It's just like halftime, like folks will come down the stairs and come hang out or come say hi. Scott Giles was another one. He came on and, and said, Hey guys, like just wanted to say you guys do a good job. I like listening to you guys. I'm Scott from Scotch Plains, New Jersey, sons of Scotch Plains, big New Jersey guy. But uh, that was really cool. We got a picture. Um, the, the two of us, uh, or I guess the four of us, Jeff Jordan uh, is Johnny Jordan's uncle and Jeff Jordan sits right next to us. He's been sitting next to us all season he goes to every single game he's driving down from westchester pa getting on 81 or 95 or whatever however you're getting down from westchester coming to root on his nephew johnny love seeing him again jeff jordan is a great guy and as his friend the orange buddha a syracuse guy i believe they were childhood friends his name's barry white he says hey man i'm the orange buddha we're big syracuse people and uh we shared we shared some fun times with him uh down there at the game Big shout out to Jax Barlow. The Barlow family are the uh, the inventors of the Section 5 crew. Jax Barlow is probably six months old, I believe, and was attending his first game. He had some earmuffs on, and it looked like he was wearing a headset. It looked like he was calling the offense. I uh, saw him jumping around to understand, man. T. Lillo 4, my guy. I think it's Trevor or Travis. I don't know your name, but uh begins with a T. It doesn't say it on your Twitter, but you came up to me, saw you in the concourse, Awesome meeting you, my man, uh, rep in Charlotte. And then uh, last shout-out goes to the Lot 2 tailgate crew, man, up up down there in the uh, the Dave's tailgate at the trailer. Got to see Bud after the game, and that was really cool. Um, but, yeah, just another great season in Lane Stadium. A lot of fun times, a lot of good memories, and uh, looking forward to the next memories. 
Yeah, I uh, I want to shout out to Mother Nature because today in L.A. it rained for the first time in a long time. It actually felt like fall, 59 degrees. Uh, I think when there's a continual absence of something in your life that you used to take for granted, you come to appreciate those things more when they're present. Some other examples that come to mind with that notion is like maybe a favorite hometown ice cream shop, my family, friends who live in a different city, the feeling of rooting for a winning football team, you know, all those things that you kind of take for granted when they're not really in your life for a long time. Uh, Also, on a more serious note, that was a joke. Uh, I I do want to shout out everyone who made my 26th birthday so very special. Crazy to think I've been on this planet for 26 years who allowed that to happen. Uh, So here's to another year on The Rock, Billy Ray and Pat and Karsten. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Seth Greenberg shout out. That was hilarious. Um, here's the 26 y'all can't wait to see what this, uh, what this year has in store for old G last thing, Drayson, I have for you before you roll. I know you got to go, uh, a gentleman from, I'm forgetting the name. Um, Pat, if you remember, let me know, came up, he messaged us on 24 seven. I don't check those DMS very often, but he said he heard you say that you wanted a Michael Vick orange throwback Jersey. He not only heard that, but he also Tyler Austin. Tyler David, Austin, man. Tyler Austin us. gave it to me and said it is for you. So the next time you are in Blacksburg, you have a throwback orange Michael Vick jersey waiting for you, uh, courtesy of Tyler. No way. That's crazy, yeah. man. That's really, yeah. really cool. Shout out Tyler Austin. Shout out to Tyler Austin. I thought that was awesome. And then uh, my last shout out. Seriously, that meant a lot. I, that, that was really, really That's that was so, so cool. That was so I, mean, cool. I need to reach Tyler, out to man. Great dude. Great guy. Got to see him. Mm-hmm. Just uh, and so it, cool. Lastly, shout out to the baseball guys. It was great seeing you. First time in two years. Um, Packy and the whole crew made it down. Uh, you guys made it to 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 halftime. I think that's a lifetime achievement award. They uh, don't say the whole game, but uh, I'm glad they made it to halftime. And then uh, shout out to Griffin for the uh, for the digs after the game. We sad watched the replay at his house with some IPAs after. Um, but it is what it is. Hey, look. End of the day. We're moving on. Close the book. Let's beat Georgia Tech somehow, um, and uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. Basketball car wash coming at you. Recorded on Friday. Everybody have a great rest of your week. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. Love she said it is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking Please don't go to sweat singing Trash my friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again And all that she said is And all that she said is enough To reach out to you and say